Welcome to the Phoenix Infidelity Podcast, the podcast for betrayed men by betrayed men. Here we shed light on the topic of infidelity from a first-hand experience as well as from a professional counseling perspective. If you would like more information on how to book a one-on-one counseling session, just send us an email to info at phoenixinfidelity.com. In today's conversation, we talk about remorse and why it is such an important element in the healing process. We also talk about the low probability of the unfaithful partner showing remorse and explore why that might be the case. It's going to be a tough one, so strap in. We've got work to do. I think we should start by defining exactly what remorse is and maybe, you know, helping our listeners understand the difference between guilt, shame and remorse. Maybe you can help me with my understanding. What I understand is guilt focuses the attention sort of outwardly onto the bad deed. So I feel bad because of this thing that I've done. Shame focuses the attention inwardly. So I feel bad because I'm a bad person that has done this thing. So you sort of become the object that is being judged. And then remorse feels to me like it follows either one of these emotions. And remorse is when a person identifies with your pain and has the capacity to feel what you feel and empathize at a deep level. Um... Yeah, so that's my understanding. You want to add to that? I think that's a very helpful understanding of the, the difference between those three. Guilt guilt is when I recognize that I've done wrong and I feel guilty. Sometimes people feel false guilt because someone makes them feel guilty. They haven't actually done anything wrong, but they're feeling guilty. However, with betrayal, the woman knows she's guilty and she then feels guilty. She feels bad. So that's the guilt feeling of recognizing I've done the wrong thing and and I feel bad for doing the wrong thing. And it can even then go on to, and I feel bad for hurting you. And then we start looking at, we can then start seeing there's some remorse there because I'm sorry that I hurt you. And then shame, as you said, shame is inward. Oh dear, I'm a terrible person. And, and it becomes about me. I feel guilty and I feel bad and I'm such a terrible person and how can I do this and what the hell is wrong with me and, and I feel awful. And those are also very, very normal feelings. People that betray others feel shame. They feel, they feel a lot of shame. Unfortunately, shame isn't always helpful because shame makes us focus on us and not actually focus on the pain of the person that we've hurt. And so what we want, we want guilt and remorse. Remorse, though, is the powerful one that we want to talk about, which is when you start saying, I feel guilty that and I feel so bad for hurting you. I see your pain and it makes me feel terrible. And you can see the focus here is on you, you whom I've hurt. I see your pain and I feel terrible because I've hurt you. It's not about me and I'm such a bad person and and I feel so guilty because I've done the wrong thing. You see, it's not about me. Remorse is about the pain I've caused someone else. 
and it's touching my heart that I've hurt someone else so terribly and I want to do something about it. Yeah, that's great insight. So we're not going to focus our conversation today on shame. And, you know, we recognize that it's not a very useful emotion um, in this context, for that matter. So in today's discussion, we're going to go into depth with regards to remorse. And during my research on this topic, I found this really interesting study done in 2023 that we should maybe circle back to at one stage because it it seems that this study goes against what you found in your practice in terms of um, sexual dissatisfaction being a, a high variable. But what drew my attention to this whole study was the lack of regret and remorse shown by the unfaithful partner. I looked into this idea of not having regret. And if I can share my personal experience, this is what I saw happening, um, especially, again, as, as we've spoken before about this idea of value dropping. As I saw my value drop, in her eyes, I could see less and less remorse uh, or guilt um, surface. And it got me thinking, like I needed to process this for a very long time because it truly does make you feel like shit if the person that you thought loved you with all their heart um, doesn't show any signs of remorse. And it got me thinking and, you know, I started looking at the data and I started doing the research and it seems like it's actually a very a very common occurrence that the unfaithful spouse especially in the initial stages doesn't really show remorse have you seen this at all to be the truth in your practice I wonder if I can um, answer the question slightly differently because I want to come back to the the research itself and you know, from from my perspective as a therapist, I see clients who want to rebuild their marriage. I see clients who, for whatever reason, have decided that, no, they're not going to get divorced. They want to rebuild. And perhaps it's true that the clients that end up having an affair because of sexual dissatisfaction are not the clients that are going to come for counseling to try and fix their marriage. So it's quite possible that that research um, is quite accurate, but I wouldn't know about it because I only have clients who come and see me because they want to build their marriage. And in most cases, it's not sexual dissatisfaction. However, we are predominantly trying to help men through these sessions and men who've been betrayed by, by women. In my practice, quite regularly, there is situ- there are situations where the man has betrayed his wife out of nothing at all, no particular reason that he admits. And that's the other thing that we have to be aware of. What people tell me in the counseling situation may not be completely accurate. The, the man is sitting with his wife and he, he may not want to tell me uh, the reason why I had sex with another woman was because she's a lot prettier than you. I mean, he's already feeling terrible 
Uh, and because because sex with you isn't so great, just, he's already feeling terrible. And that's why he's in the casting casting room what because he exactly wants to rebuild, and, and he knows in himself, you know, the, I'm not going to do any rebuilding if I now tell her and shame that that actually sex was lousy, and, I, and this woman was you know was the one that I wanted to have sex with because she's because sex is lousy with you. Let's just draw. So that's one of the complications that we face when our research comes only from a counseling practice. The research that that you've found there may have, may be completely accurate, and in fact, there may even be more research to back that up. But I wouldn't be able to tell you whether it's accurate or not from my perspective, because I would only see a certain kind of client, then namely the client that wants to rebuild, and even then, wouldn't be keen to disclose that actually it was about sex. Whereas men would be more often to to. Uh, have an affair because they're not so happy sexually but but the clients that we're addressing we we're trying to help men and that's not really something that we see so often with with men or at least it's not something i see often where men are being betrayed because of sex i think that's uh, a good objective view on this data maybe that variable is the people that cheated because of sexual dissatisfaction on average do show less regret and remorse <clears throat> perhaps that is the the correlation there but um not only that it was also a predictor in terms of the the relationship working out at the end of the day in other words if sexual dissatisfaction was high there was a lower probability of the couple um, working through things you can imagine that someone is sexually dissatisfied and they've tried to address it with their spouse and it hasn't improved and they become more and more sexually dissatisfied and eventually they decide, well, it's not, it's not working, talking with you doesn't help and they betray their spouse. It makes sense that there wouldn't be so much remorse because they've been trying for years or months to resolve the sexual dissatisfaction it's never been resolved and now when they've eventually done something about it themselves now they're supposed to feel bad and you can almost imagine there's this this is unfair there's this idea of this is unfair i've tried so hard for so long you've done nothing about it now when i've gone and done something now suddenly i'm expected to be remorseful that somehow isn't fair and the other thing I would I would say again, just from my perspective, from my practice, is that it's it's not sexual. When when it comes to women betraying men, it's very rare that it's just from a sexual perspective. There's there's normally a, a, a deeper context which we've talked about before, and which we'll obviously talk about again in the future. So, um, yeah. That, that that's how I would address that. I could see that train of thought playing out. Um, when a man, you know, or a woman gets to that point of, you know, e- exploding with dissatis- sexual dissatisfaction and then using that as justification at the end of the day and not feeling regret or remorse because, you know, they took it into their own hands. But let's say it's not... It has nothing to do with sexual dissatisfaction. Let's take that out of the out of the equation. Um, do you find when you're counseling guys, do you see the wives showing remorse um, at all? It's a very interesting question because 
to to answer that, the reason why I say it's interesting because I often see the men showing a, a huge amount of remorse. And very often I don't see so much remorse from the women. And the only way I can describe it or understand it for myself is by recognizing that this has come on for a long time. This this dissatisfaction in the relationship, husband is not there for whatever reasons, emotionally he's not there, which is normally the prime driver of betrayal. And, and she eventually has said to herself, he's just not there for me. So he start, So she, suddenly there's someone at work and she starts that relationship. And we've talked about this before. She starts this relationship. Initially, it's not sexual. It's just emotional. It becomes sexual after a while. And then he catches her and then they decide, let's go for counseling. Very often she's already at a place where she's disconnected from him. And she, she actually struggles to have that remorse. And it's very interesting because men often show remorse a lot sooner. Yeah, um, this is interesting data. And I, I think what we're doing for our listeners is sort of helping them with this expectation, lowering that expectation that I had so badly for so long. And, you know, walk this hero's journey <laughs> with uh, knowing that you you might not get the remorse from that side that you need to heal. So I don't know if you want to add to that before I segue. 100%. It's really a hero's journey because in most cases where the man has been the betrayer, he he sees and recognizes that that he's really at fault. And she's been pretty much a good a good wife, but in the case where the woman is the betrayer, very often the man realizes I haven't been such a great husband and she's actually hurting. But now she, in her pain, she's hurt me tremendously. And so in, and, and in order for them to rebuild, he has to be emotionally connecting to her, which he hasn't done for all these years, but now he's hurting and he's supposed to do something new, which he's never done before, which is emotionally connect. And, and she's supposed to be the one that is nurturing and caring and remorseful, but she hasn't received it from him for all these years. And so he really has to be a hero. It's really hard for men, and I take my hat off to them. It's a hard journey. I've been thinking about why it's such an important aspect of the healing process. Um, you know, getting remorse from, your, from the unfaithful spouse. I've heard Esther Perel say this in one of her interviews, is that it's actually maybe the the key feature in determining whether the relationship could be rebuilt is if there is genuine remorse from the unfaithful partner and when i read up on this topic i recognize that having no remorse is a massive red flag and predicts the end of the relationship and i've been thinking about why is it why is it so why is it so important so just to share this with you i came across a study done by amrisha vaish so what they did was they took 5 year old children and had two confederates so teachers who were, who were basically actors in this whole experiment they had them rip 
by accident rip the picture of the child and or tear the picture of the child and one of the actors one of the teachers would then show remorse and say i'm so i'm so sorry i tore your picture it's totally my fault and it won't happen again and the other one would just go on nonchalant um as if you know that's life so oh tore your picture nah and they they would then ask the, the children at the end of this experiment so which teacher do you like the, the most and without fail they always choose okay perhaps not always but they they prefer the teacher that shows remorse so this is this is at the age of 5 but then they took it one step further and they had these teachers be like create an in-group out-group dynamic so one of the teachers would be part of part of the team of these five years olds five year olds and another teacher would not be part of the team she would come into the classroom i guess and you know as an outsider engage with them and what's interesting is even as an in-group member if you tear the picture of that child and you don't show remorse they would prefer the outgroup person that shows remorse so it even at the age of 5 we are so drawn to human beings that take our emotions into account and that consider our emotions and we we'd rather be with somebody that's out of the group that doesn't form part of the circle but shows remorse as opposed to perhaps somebody that's a friend or a family member that that doesn't show remorse and it got me thinking is that even at a, this young age we need remorse to feel safe and i it, the the penny dropped and i connected the dots is that the moment you don't get remorse from that person is is the moment you don't feel safe anymore and i think that's why it's such an important key in reconstructing the relationship because i feel like it would be impossible to move forward if you don't feel safe what do you think yeah i know i absolutely agree and that experiment makes complete sense just intuitively my experience remorse is so important and i i often tell my clients in betrayal betrayal situation in individual sessions, I would say to the betrayer, when you start really feeling the remorse, you need to communicate that because it's so healing for your partner, for your spouse, that you are feeling terrible, that you are remorseful, that you don't ever want to do this again. And and hopefully at some point the betraying spouse, it really hits them and, and their remorse is demonstrated by, by tears genuine tears which rip through them because to be healthy means that when you hurt someone you feel bad you feel so bad for hurting someone so terribly that it it rips you and it it hurts you that you you end up at some point you need to break down and sob in absolute remorse and pain because you've hurt someone so badly that's what it would be if you were healthy not everybody is healthier as the next person obviously but that becomes quite healing for the betrayed spouse when your remorse comes out um, and your body is is just 
racked with with remorse and tears yeah i um i have to admit that my healing process was delayed by not having received remorse because it's you start questioning yourself um on an almost on an existential level is like am i not worth <laughs> somebody recognizing that they've hurt me you know this is why i this is why we use this analogy of the hero's journey because it's a really lonely path and a lonely maze that you need to work through to realize that okay so my self-worth is not dependent on this person and i am worthy of you know remorse <clears throat> even though i'm not going to get it from this one person and then the third realization is you need to get away from this person as far as possible that is able to hurt you and at the end of the day not show any remorse because you're never going to feel safe with this person so when you know when that realization dropped i just removed myself from proximity and i could start my healing process because i just knew it's um it's something that i needed to do to rather associate myself with people that maybe couldn't identify fully with my pain but at least i found an element of remorse there amongst friends and family so yeah i just want to encourage guys that if you don't get the remorse um there is a way out of this it's it might take a little longer but yeah we are here for you 100% if you are not um receiving the remorse from the betraying spouse or partner then there's a good a chance that they're not remorseful and in that case your relationship may actually not be recoverable and obviously you would need to go through a process of counseling first because your spouse needs to also work through their own trauma their own betrayal and work through the things that you've done which has possibly contributed towards their betrayal so they do need to actually see someone and that's why um as as i say in my in my counseling i've noticed that women tend to be a little bit less remorseful quite, quite a lot less remorseful and i think it's because of the circumstances of betrayal very often are so deeply emotional which have caused them to disconnect and so really you do need the help of a experienced therapist to help you navigate through this if you've been betrayed by your wife so i'd like to direct our attention to some sections of the book after the affair written by dr janice abrams spring and i'll leave some links in the comment section so they talk about in this book they talk about specific things that might contribute to the fact that remorse is not shown and we we we're going to talk let's maybe talk through these point by point and then you tell me what you think okay so the first one they say is the person that's been unfaithful has written off the relationship and they're using the affair to basically expedite their exit okay so there's not much to say about that i think we've we've spoken about this in the beginning of this conversation 
you know, the woman gets to the point of saying, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Uh, the second reason that remorse might not be shown is uh, like a characterological disorder that makes this person incapable of experiencing compassion or remorse. So now we're moving towards like things like sociopathy and psychopathy and, and narcissistic traits. And we could definitely talk about the dark triad in later conversations because if you find yourself in a relationship with uh, a person that is incapable of showing empathy, you know, I would personally suggest that you remove yourself from that relationship. But the remaining three, I think we can touch on because the first one is you're angry at your partner. So they, I love this quote in the book from Tacitus that I've, I, I never knew about this quote. It says, it is human nature to hate those whom you have injured. So it's almost like the anger justifies um, the fact that they have wronged you. And to me, this is almost like the opposite of the Benjamin Franklin effect. I don't know if you're familiar with this effect where the more you do things for other people, the more you like them. It's not really the other way around. Like our intuition tells us that, um, you know, if I'm going to do something for this person, they're going to like me. But in fact, it, work, it works the other way around because your brain convinces you that this must be a great person because I'm doing something for this person. So this works in reverse. It's like this must be a bad person because I mistreated them in this way. It's almost like the anger that you feel convinces you that um, it's justified. Have you seen this before in your practice? I haven't really noticed it, to be quite honest. Um, normally people come into the counseling room because they want to fix things, whether there's been betrayal or whether it's not betrayal. They may have hurt each other, but in that in that moment where they acknowledge that they've hurt each other, they don't often, they, they, they wouldn't say, they certainly don't say, but I, I, I hate you or I don't like you and that's why I hurt you. What often happens is though they will admit that in that moment where they hurt the person, they were angry. They were angry, they were disappointed. They perhaps wanted to hurt them in the moment because they were angry. But then afterwards, there definitely would be a sense of, I'm really sorry I hurt you. I was just acting in anger. Another one is the euphoria over the affair. So it's like you're so captivated by all of these passionate emotions and positive emotions that you're incapable of showing remorse at that moment so you're it says here that you're transported by an intense sexual or emotional connection to to your lover and this has removed you from the mundane obligations of life and your relationship so you feel supremely happy and you're just basically incapable of feeling guilt or shame or remorse so what would you suggest in that sense? Do we wait it out? Do we just wait a little bit for the limerence to fade, the infatuation to fade, and then hopefully the remorse will start surfacing? What do you think? Yeah, so that's something which happens far more frequently where that relationship has been developed with the lover and the woman is emotionally connected 
And so she finds it very difficult to be remorseful because she's actually either as as much as in love or, or just emotionally feeling supported and cared for and has now become sexually involved. And so it's very hard for her to be remorseful. And in that sense, in that case, the suggestion would definitely be to wait it out, especially if there's a commitment from both sides to make the relationship work and the decision by the woman to end it with the lover she will struggle to end it and she will struggle to have that remorse developed because she's now going through the process of losing the man that was supporting her losing the one that loved and cared for her uh, because she's choosing her husband and so it's definitely going to be about waiting it out however if there's no decision to rebuild the relationship then as we've said, it's best just to distance yourself because you're not going to receive that remorse and you're going to be hurting yourself. It's best to rather uh, move out, create distance. Yeah, that is such a painful period to go through. You know, you're mourning the betrayal of your spouse and your spouse is mourning the loss of her lover. So it's just a complete mess. And um, I feel sorry for the guys that have to go through this. And then the last one, is core assumptions that justify the infidelity. So this might be the most prevalent is, um, you know, people who have been unfaithful, it feels to me like they rewrite the history of the relationship, which we will definitely get into in another conversation. And they start justifying the the infidelity. Um, and you might hear something like, I only have one life to lead and I deserve to be happy and it's okay to get some of my needs met for a change and, you know, you only live once. So in terms of that, do you think it's a, it's a character trait? Um, how do, do we attribute this situationally um, or is it a character trait if somebody starts saying things like, you know, I deserve to be happy? Um, or is it just a situational thing and we just, again, we waited out uh, for them to start realizing that there's really no justification for, for what you did? So, yeah, in my practice, it's definitely this last reason which I can identify as the most prevalent one where a woman is saying, you know, my needs haven't been met and so why must I feel guilty for having my needs met? I also want to be happy. And again, in that case, it's it's where you as the man have to really be the hero and recognize this, this is not justifiable. It's not justifiable for your wife to have betrayed you. Definitely not. But you have to recognize, yes, her needs weren't met. And so she went and did the wrong thing and she started an affair. And now you have to be the hero to go, all right, let's rebuild our marriage. Let's let me learn to be there for her. But at the same time, she's going to have to be there for me as well to help me work through the affair and work through the betrayal. But this is definitely the one that I see in most cases in my practice. Yeah, so I guess to end off the conversation, what we're telling guys is don't expect a lot of remorse or at all, um, especially in the initial stages. Um, we're saying that it's a key part of the reconciliation and we're saying it's a massive red flag if you don't see remorse and if you have all of these justifications 
um, diverging the unfaithful spouse's attention from showing remorse. I don't think you should bet on the relationship working out if they don't show remorse. And, you know, we are here for you. And, um, yeah, you'll have our details at the end of this conversation if you want to get in contact with us for some online counseling. If you would like more information on how to book a one-on-one -on -one counseling session, just send us an email to info at phoenixinfidelity.com.